thank you, Lord. Forever settled, Lord Jesus. We thank you for all that you are, Father. Praise God. Amen. Thank God for this moment. Amen. These moments cannot be replaced. How much truth there is in that. There's... been stirring in me lately that that concept just that you know there's so many things that can easily be replaced money's the easy one right you lose money you spend money generally it comes back you know we can listen online but the fact when we're here in these moments in these services and these times together as we're gathered in his name it's irreplaceable. You can gain a word. We can hear. We can we can catch something in the spirit. But these moments for who's here, and even if they, people aren't here, Amen. God knows, and He had a. There is always a purpose for each and every one of us, and that's why the distractions come. That's why the distractions come. That's why the little things that we don't even realize, because you know it's just life. But that's where they come from. It's because. We're willing and we're on our way. And we have the opportunity to step into something great, amen, that only God has ordained for us. Amen. Praise God for that. That being said, the youth can be dismissed with open spirits, open hearts and minds to receive a great word from the Lord tonight. Amen. Bless my brother as he teaches. Amen. You may be seated. mighty God we serve. Lord of all. Amen. He is Lord of all. I love that saying. If he's not Lord of all and he's not Lord of all and Lord at all, you know, and keeping that perspective so crucial in these days. I just thank God for his word and his leading. Amen. I'm going to get right into uh, Opening scripture, Isaiah, Isaiah, excuse me, 12 and 2, amen. I believe it's up there, it says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. I can teach a couple hours on that. We're going to focus on the, not the last part there, we'll focus on all of it, but Jehovah has become our salvation, that's Christ, amen, I'll throw that in there for free, <laughs> but there's so much in there in this Old Testament prophecy, but God is our salvation, we must trust in him and not be afraid, for the Lord, Jehovah is our strength and our song, he is our salvation, praise God. I mean, these last couple weeks, I just feel like the Lord's been taking us even beyond that, but at least on Tuesdays, been taking a, and I say us with the underline on that, on a simple but necessary refresher course. I feel on the truth of his word, the power of his promises, and speaking them into and over our lives and the lives of others. 
If we have grasped these concepts, how effective and how firm we can stand, how effective we can be, amen? But what I feel to touch on tonight is kind of a culmination of these basic but powerful truths combined. And if they're understood, they can and will bring freedom and deliverance to our minds and spirits with the remembrance of the solid rock of Christ, amen, the word of God, the firm foundation of these truths and salvation to keep us from being shaken in the future, amen. So I just want to address some words or emotions uh, or distractions, really, that have the potential to be overpowering, amen, or to be a great hindrance if we allow them. I feel, I feel certainly myself or maybe all of us can have a tendency and definitely given opportunities to put entirely too much time, effort, and energy into these things, all while feeding into the enemy's attacks and desires to hinder our walk. Thank you, Lord. These things I'm about to speak about are not of God in my mind. In my mind, they are opposite. They are contrary. And if questioned and wanted to sit down with the word of God, I could prove that it boiled down to be sin. Show us through the word what leads me to believe that and what ways we can overcome them through the power and guidance of the word and his spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for all that you are. You're above everything. I thank you, Lord God, for your spirit leading us. Your grace giving us the ability to overcome all things, to push through, Lord, and persevere. And keep our eyes on you. We trust in you and your word, all that you are and all that you have for us, Lord. Guide my lips. My spirit, as you speak through me, open the hearts and minds of your people, Lord, to receive, I pray. Help us, Lord, each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. The first word is doubt. Doubt, by definition, is uncertainty or mistrust or to be doubting. If our Lord and Savior already is aware of our needs, our issues, etc., what can we do to change it? What can we do to change things that we want to get our hands on? What can we really do besides trust in him, obey his word, and continue to push forward? What is that we can really do to change that? Can we take care of ourselves better than he is able? I'm hopeful that we all know the answer to that. Praise God. But do we remember that? in the midst of situations, in the midst of the storm we're in. Amen. We had a storm that just rose up yesterday, right? It was sunny and 90 degrees. And the wind begins to blow and the clouds come and the thunder roars and the lightning strikes and the, the rain just comes pouring down out of nowhere. Unexpected, uninvited. We might have thought there was a possibility of it if we were aware, but those things 
just like that, from one moment to the next, can arise in our life. Uninvited and unexpected, so-called storms. But we must remember, like I said, I feel that we have a good idea that he is more capable and more able than we are to take care of ourselves. But remembering that in the midst of situations is key, is crucial. And it's so crucial because it's so easy. It's so easy in our minds to lose sight of that. The Apostle Peter was literally walking on water. Sometimes that just goes with the story. I think I mentioned not too long ago, uh, Sunday morning, you know, having that, we all kind of have that and we envision it how we want. But when, I think it was an episode, like the, one of the last ones of The Chosen where, you know, they did a good job of portraying that situation. And it was in the midst of that storm, enough to get his attention as a fisherman, but he was still willing by faith and in trust in the Lord in the midst of that storm, in the midst of being fearful. He went from fear to faith because of Christ. Amen. He went from fear to faith and then to, <laughs> to doubt. As soon as he took his focus off Jesus and the ability that he possessed, the ability that Peter possessed through Christ, when he took his focus off of that, in that storm, what happened? In Matthew 14, 29 through 31, tells us that. And he said, Christ said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. We focus on that. It says, but when he saw, when he saw, when he began to look at the situation and not focus on what he heard. What did he hear? He heard the Lord. It says, faith comes by hearing. And he heard the Lord say, come. And that was all he needed. He heard, he had faith to walk. But when he saw, when he looked at his natural situation and stopped focusing on on the truth that he heard from the mouth of the Lord. He began to sink, and he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? He sank, just as we can begin to sink in our spirit also. Every time we do that in our lives, we begin to sink. Amen. begin to sink in faith. There's times when we have our thoughts and our hopes and situations and we want things to, to function and happen in our time and ideas and even when we feel like we have confirmation and we know God's going to do something or we know something's going to happen but it doesn't quite work how we thought. We can begin our life, can begin to sink in faith instead of standing on what we know what we know the word says, what we know God said, what we know what that, that specific word in an altar that only God would know, those things that were delivered unto us. When we forget what we heard, 
and focus on what we're seeing in the moment, we can begin to say. Matthew 21 and verse 21 says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this. This is after he had cursed the fig tree the day before and they began to walk back past it, Jesus and the disciples. And they saw that fig tree and after Jesus had cursed it and now it was all dried up. And they were, they were in awe that this happened. And Jesus says to them, Truly, verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you should say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and it shall be done. I'm sure if it would be beneficial to souls or the will of God to be done that a physical mountain could be moved. I think his purpose in saying that is there's nothing in between that. Talking, speaking to Mount Hood with all faith and have it moved to the right or to the left or to another state. Him saying that that is a possibility is to remove doubt from anything in between that. This fig tree is nothing, he's saying. This fig tree, this, this situation, the fact that this happened because I spoke it in faith it's nothing compared to this. It's metaphoric to a degree. Not to say that it couldn't happen. If God needed that mountain moved and he told you to speak it in faith, I believe it would move. But these mountains are just like the storms in our life. And they're metaphorical. The mountains, these things that we come up against and they seem like it's so much to get over. It's so much to get out of the way. And I've heard it said, Or quoted, especially that, you know, if you pray, it's kind of like Paul's thorn in the flesh. He prayed three times for it to be removed, and it didn't. He said, my strength, my grace is sufficient for thee, right? So if we ask for a situation to be lifted, to be removed from us in faith, and we're seeking God, and it doesn't move, it said, not every mountain is meant to be cast into the sea. Some, we've got to climb. Go over it. If if it doesn't if he doesn't take it from us, then we need to climb it. Is what happens when you climb a mountain. As long as you don't tumble down it, you're going to be stronger, and you're going to have. Think about how you're going to feel. You're going to have a great monument, a memorial, to speak about once you overcame that mountain, that great feat. There's people that go all over the world. Amen. Brother Frank aspires to you know me climb different mountains and things he already has, but that's just one more thing to check off that list where there's one more testament. But when it's these things in life that we deal with, it's those monuments, it's those things that give us strength. It helps us to continue and build our faith to know that when the next thing comes or that next situation arises, we know that he's going to handle it. We know how to handle it. Or more importantly, most of the time, it becomes how not to handle the next situation. Praise God. Giving ear and not casting down those questions, remember we talked about the question marks and the questions from the enemy, those whispers, giving ear to those things and those questions, not casting them down. Those things that come from the enemy or society or those things that 
would cause doubt. They give place to worry. Who knows, they give place to worry. Who here ever worries? Anybody ever worry? Nobody here, right? We're faith-filled. No one ever worries, amen? Not about, we don't worry, not about finances, not about our health or our families or our children, right? We don't worry about laws and legislations. We don't worry about politics or the future. None of us do that, amen, right? Praise God for that. And I guess I could quit now. (laughs) We read extensively last week through Matthew 6, talking about these things. Why? Because the Lord knew our tendencies. The Lord knows how the enemy works. That's why we are given these instructions. That's why he tells us how to combat these things and to not participate in them, that we don't have to. Talked about him being a good father and his promises last week. Uh, I feel like I received a revelation today uh, within that setting and these different promises and the things we have. And he is our father. He provides for us. These things are taken care of. What we're going to wear, what we're going to eat, where we're going to sleep. I know it doesn't say that, but our housing, our everything, our basic necessities, these things that we will just naturally provide for our own children or loved ones. When we have that ability, we naturally do that, especially when we're seeking after, or they are, right, in obedience to us. They're in alignment. They're not rebelling or so on. And even when they do, we know we still feed them. We still do certain things, just as the Lord takes care of us. But the concept I got, when we're operating in his will, he provides all these basic needs for us not to worry about, so it does not remove our focus from the kingdom. If we really had to be consumed and worried about each of these things that we would have, that we need to be, that it says that He provides for us, that He makes sure are going to be taken care of us because we're operating in His will. And the less we're focusing on these things, the more we can focus on His kingdom. The more we can focus on working in the field and that we can be focusing on other people that need the Lord. He covers that, I believe, is crucial that we can be doing his will and his accomplishments. Because it always feels like we need more time. But the truth is we always have enough time to do what God wants us to do. For what God needs us to do, we always have enough time. Worry, by definition, it says to think about problems or fears, thinking something bad will happen. Hasn't even happened. Thinking something bad will happen or thinking about problems and fears. If that's what we speak life into or put energy into, that very well may be what does happen. If that's what we're focused on and that's what our expectations are, we shouldn't be surprised. And if that's what we're vocalizing consistently, there is some truth to that. When there's consistent negativity, it's not that we're creating things to happen in that sense. It's just that 
That's where our mind is. And we become consumed. And it feels like everything keeps coming on us and the, our mind takes over and we begin to focus on the worries we think about whatever it is that we culminate in our mind that it, whether it is there or isn't there. It's these things, what if this does happen? What if this doesn't happen? That energy is important. We need that energy and that focus to be utilized in the kingdom to, for his purpose. I hope, so what is it that we're putting our energy into? That's the question that we can ask ourselves now, but to remember when these things start coming and we catch ourselves or these thoughts and things begin to stir in us, okay, man, what am I putting my energy into right now? Is this the will of God? And I think we know, no. If we put that energy and just release it to him, and I feel like that's the goal. That's the, that's the result. That's the response the Lord is wanting for us tonight and in general. Amen. But I hope nothing negative is what we're focusing our energy into. Our energy into. But I'm sure we all find ourselves what, struggling with doubt at times. But we can overcome that. Our hope and our strength is preserved. Is preserved only through prayer. Through hope in the one who gives hope in the first place who is the way maker who is the one that has made a way so many times that we have seen him do things in our own life or someone else's life we know he's able we know it's been done and we know that he will do these things and that's what we've really been establishing understanding that every bit of that word is true and all his promises and the things that he has and desires for us are at our reach Praise God. The Lord Almighty is the one that we can put our hope in. Jesus Christ, that is my rock, our rock, and our strength. And it's the only way that I get through my day, technically, really every day. And I know, I pray that's for each of us, but there's days that it gets emphasized on how much I need him. That that is my strength and my foundation every day. Well, here's a bad four-letter word that we can't have rule in our minds, and that's fear. I don't believe it says that anger, anger is a secondary emotion. Nobody just becomes angry to be angry. You don't go from zero to angry with nothing behind it. It starts from something else. Generally, that's fear or Whatever that may be, there's something else going on that, that stirs in us pride, these different things that will, that will push us in to an anger. Not just the anger and sin not, but into that emotion. My point in saying that is that I feel the same way about fear. We don't just enter into a place of fear in every situation, right? There's obviously sometimes where that initial thing, you're going to be struck with something, but what do we do with it from that point? But the rest of it, I believe it culminates. It starts where? It starts with the doubt. If we doubt who and what God is and his word and who he says we are, 
we began to let a little bit of doubt in, a little bit of doubt in the situation, a little bit of doubt in what's going to happen to us from day to day or on this earth. And that doubt comes. Once the doubt creeps in, we begin to worry about those things that we're doubting in. And once we become so worried and consumed with that, we begin to become fearful over these things. And the trouble with that is, I believe it's sin. It's contrary to God. I'll explain that a little bit more in a second, but think about these things. That it's a culminate. It all starts with taking our, forgetting what we know, what's gone into our ears, what the Lord says, whether we read it or not, that his, it's him speaking these things, what we've heard preached, what we've experienced, eliminates this stuff. Fear, to expect or worry about something. To be afraid or worried. An acronym I like, and is the most accurate, is false evidence appearing real. Appearing real. Our perception becomes our reality. When we take in doubt and the worry begins to spin in our mind, then that false evidence will appear very quickly. It will appear and it will become very real. And that's where, that's where anxiety comes from. All of these culminate. It all starts it's all the same. It's all the same thing. It's not necessary for us to participate with it. They throw medication around and everything. But if we can get the doubt out in the beginning, you get the doubt out and everything that follows with it, the anxiety can go by the wayside. If we learn to recognize these things and cast them down, anxiety is not really necessary for our vocabulary, amen, or to lay claim on it. 1 John 4 and 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out all fear, because fear hath torment. Fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. How can we walk in love and walk with God and still go through the day with a spirit of fear upon us? God is love. God is love. Okay? And there's no fear in love. I'm going to break this down a little bit. Fear is not of God. Amen? So all that is not of God is from where? If it's not of God, it's not from God, where is it coming from? It's the enemy, period. It's unfortunate because this dude is getting a lot more credit lately, and it's because it's where it's due. I've always said I don't like giving the enemy credit. I'm the first one to shut it down and understand that it's generally 98% of the time it's our flesh. It's us entertaining doubts and worry and fear and being consumed and then we react or respond or whatever that is. Like I mentioned today, he's definitely on his job, so I just want to make sure I'm on mine. Amen. But... It's, if it's not of God, where is it from? So think about it. If there is no fear in love and God is love, there's no God involved if we're walking in fear. We're taking God out of the equation. If we're participating with really any of these things, we've taken God out of the equation. Does that make sense? So 
So where do these thoughts, worries, and fears come from? Is it us stepping into doubt, focusing on what we're seeing right here like Peter did when he saw the wind and the waves, when he saw these things? Are they from the enemy? The best part about all these things is that right here, the same place, the spirit in our mind that these things can come from, we have, it harnesses the power to eliminate them. Thank God for that. We're not just at a loss and what do we do now? No, we have the power and authority to, as soon as we can recognize these things, to, to release them and get rid of them. We need to be aware and guard our hearts and our spirit from the enemy of our soul. Amen. We cannot forget. We cannot forget. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 19 and 26. It says, but Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men. I'm not reading it out of context, but I'm pulling it straight out from where it started. It says, but Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. When we rely on men or rely on us as men or women as a human being, it is impossible. But how true it is as men and women, as flesh, so many things and situations are truly impossible. But with God, truly all things, all things are possible. Amen. For a moment, thank you, Lord. If I can call you out, I think it was Brother Joe and I were talking last week. Let me begin to paraphrase. Uh, I know I've said this before, and I don't apologize at different, different times, maybe men's meeting or a Sunday morning, but I've referred to this so many times. I think even Pastor and I in conversation time back, but is paraphrasing from a portion of a message at a men's conference years ago, and it's so true. He was dealing with the heavy situation with his through his granddaughter, and his daughter was obviously going through this thing, and it was a medical condition and things. Just it was not a good situation. If there's any way that that doubt and that worry and that fear could culminate and creep in, you know, you would you would feel like maybe they could be justified in that moment, if that was possible. So that basis is that when we let our imagination run wild and take us on a trip into the future, mentally projecting ourselves into tomorrow, becoming certain or falsely convinced with our doubt, going into the unknown, this is when we should be afraid and worried and have doubts. Because when we do that and we start obsessing over things of tomorrow, we are incapable. We're incapable of it because we go there with no divine provision. We can't let the enemy drag us into tomorrow. We can't let the enemy take us into tomorrow or ourselves. Because when we do, we go, this was the key, we go with no strength, no grace, and no God. Think about it. We're going on our own. We're not made to take that trip into tomorrow. It's today. 
Mm. We're only given strength today. As our days are, so shall your strength be. Right? Look what it says. It said, our strength in crisis is only sufficient for today. But beyond that, only spiritual disaster awaits. Part of what we read last week in that setting, Matthew 6, just verse 34, it says, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So remember, when we're about to take that trip, we're going to tomorrow or beyond in our mind. The what if, the how, and so on and so on that we can get so stirred up in and consumed with. Remember that. We're never meant to go there alone. But when we do, we go there having no strength, no grace, and no God in the midst of those thoughts. Why? Because everything I said about the, that I truly see through the scripture and feel, right? We're going there in fear. We're taking God out of the equation. We only have strength for today. Praise God. But that's all we need, strength for today. Because we can't function in tomorrow when we're living in today. We're not God. Amen. Philippians 4 and 13, popular setting. In this setting, is talking about living with little and living with much in context. It gets thrown out there a lot, and the actual statement is true, but the context that it's saying, I think it gets skewed a little bit. But the truth is, if we remember that no matter what the situation, if we just put it in financial aspect, having little just enough, having much, whatever that is. We can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. Because whether it's good or in between, and we allow him to be there, he, he is there with us. Jesus is not only our Savior, but he is a keeper. Amen. We are kept. First Chronicles 16, 11 says, Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in his strength. And seek his face continually. And begin to read some scripture. Getting closer to closing, amen. Second Samuel 22 and 33, it says, God is my strength and power. These are crucial things to understand and have in our spirit and hold on to. Amen. We talked about promises last week. We talked about things that we can really apply to our lives and declare over our lives. Amen. God is my strength and power. He maketh my way perfect. He goes before us. Amen. He goes before us as... Think of it as an armed escort, so to speak. He goes before us, making a way for us in every situation. He knows everything ahead and behind. He knows it all. He makes a way in every situation. And we do serve a great God. Amen. So what is there that he doesn't know about? What is there that he doesn't already care about in our lives? that he can't handle or is unwilling to allow to be a step or to he's unwilling to take care of or to unwilling to step in when we're allowing him what is it that we can't handle that we feel that we can't handle because he can and we can do it through him amen there's so many things even when we feel that way he's using it He's using it for our benefit. 
he's using it for his purpose. No matter how it came about, he will turn it around, especially when we're looking towards him in the situation and not on ourselves. That's when things get messy. I'm going to read some reminders through the scripture, and I'll be closing. Amen. Pretty quickly, sister. Uh, Romans 5 and verse 8 says, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There's times we can begin to even doubt our salvation. We can begin to doubt, am I really forgiven? And whether us in this room or those listening online, whatever that may be, it's, remember these things. Because if we're working in the field and we're, people are coming in, whether we understand this or not, that we are truly forgiven, that we are set free, that those things that are from our past, they are removed. Those sins are blotted out when we're repentant, when we've been washed in the waters of baptism, amen, in the name of Jesus called over our life. Those things are done. Those things are removed. As long as we don't, that's why we're not called to step back into those things. Because those will be added onto us. All the rest before is washed away. The enemy will use that condemnation. He will use every aspect of that to try to stir. But we need to remember his mercy. And we got to remember the blood of the cross. Amen. What that did for us. And not only us remember that because we all may know that 100% in this room. But when we're working with people that are hurting them, that are struggling, when we're working with these people that are coming in and don't have that understanding, amen, even that they hear it and they want to believe it, but they're getting bombarded by the enemy, they're getting bombarded by the memories that are being thrown at them of the things they may or may have not done, amen, the things of their past, the hurts, the sins, these things that they feel that are unforgivable, whatever that may be and why that may be, perception gets skewed of who God is. Perception gets skewed of his purpose for our life. Amen. This perception of this God that wants to crush us and hit us with lightning and set us on fire. Amen. There's people that will use these excuses or these thoughts that they probably, there's that false evidence appearing real. That if they were to step into these doors, certain things will happen to them. Whether that's them being facetious or truly believing it, I think there's both out there in this world today. That's why it's important to be effective to invite and utilize these opportunities that we have outside of this church building, amen, because they can come in and enter into an atmosphere where they can feel God and they can hear about God and understand that there's people living a different way, but it's not coming into these intimidating doors sometimes. We don't think nothing of it because it's, it's normal to us at this point in our life to come through those doors. But we got to understand it's not about us. It's so the mindset of others. We can, but that's how it's going to break through, amen, by reaching out and getting them into another setting. And we do have those opportunities. Thank God for that, amen. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them, to us, amen, that are called according to his purpose. In that same token, the way God sees us, everything that we are, everything that he has eliminated from us. Romans 8 and 35, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? What is it? Troubles in life, is it going to separate us from God? Um, 
Is it an attack? What is it that we feel that we've done or what could come that's going to separate us? I've heard it said, and where I can't find anywhere in there, it's, it's the past. It's, that, it's the past or taking part in the things of our past life that will separate us. But that's our decision, not his. He's true to his word. Amen. First Corinthians 2 and 9, but yea, as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. We have so much ahead of us. We have so much of ahead of us. And if we make the mistake of falling into doubt and look in the hearing, looking on things, I keep saying this, there's so much going on, but it's it's just God's timepiece. It's his clock. We see where he's at. We can know what he's thinking if we, if we have the understanding of these things that are happening. It's proving the word. The word, the Bible, is being proven. It is. It stands alone, but it's being proven to people that have no idea or concept of God. This is a greatest opportunity to witness and speak on things, and everything is relevant to the Bible right now. Everything is relevant. Everything that's happening that seems the worst and so horrible because it's out of our normal and we know it's wrong or whatever it is or it's going crazy and this is happening and the, the storms and disasters and all this. It has to happen. Why? Because the truth of it has already been spoken in the word of God. And this is every time that someone brings this up and gets consumed by it or just wants something to talk about. Like I said, we can be so quick to reveal and to speak out on the things that we hear in the news, but we don't speak out and address and reveal the truth of the word of God to people. Let it not be so, church. It is imperative to combat not only the enemy, to silence the voices, to know that we know who God is on a deep personal level, that all he is and has for us is truly for us. The things we just went over that brings such discouragement and distraction. It brings these things to us. Thank you, Jesus. Almighty God. We're beginning to bring these things to us. And the result is when we're not focused on the kingdom and the true purpose that we have here, that we have here while we're living this life on earth amen if we're not truly focused on the kingdom and his true purpose that we have we have an opportunity we have an opportunity once again tonight to ask the lord to come and search our hearts to search our minds that we can do it on our own there's things we know about amen to be searched out that we can rid ourselves of whether it's at this altar or at our seat or whatever it is, the point is to connect with God and ourselves deeply, to search ourselves. I, there's a prayer that came to me years ago, Lord God, if there be anything in me not pleasing to you, rip it out and show it to me. If there be anything in my mind that I entertain that would begin to cause me to doubt and therefore take us away from God, Lord, search us tonight. Amen. Help us to see and to recognize and to lay down the things we do know of. The things that we do know we get so distracted and discouraged by, yet we still entertain them. Why, church? 
It's not the will of God for us to entertain these things. I promise you, it's not the will of God. If we're distracted by these things, our focus is taken away. These altars are open, amen. These altars are open.